0: You're, 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 you're tuned
1: you're tuned to It's
0: Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals, hosted by Lindsay Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good, Lindsay. How are you doing?
1: It's Thursday. It's Friday Eve. We're getting there. Game time's on its way. We have Saturday NFL games, which I absolutely love. The Bengals play on Saturday, a week from Saturday, but they'll have that Sunday game. Tony Romo's calling the game, and there's That's a lot That's
0: right. Of- I saw you back down a little bit. I saw, I saw you post, and you started Ooh. saying things. You were saying like, oh, I just like that it's the national game, but then we get on here, and we're both big Tony fans. I know some fans don't like him and whatnot. I think they just think he's over the top with the other quarterbacks, the the you know the Patrick Mahomes, but he's over the top with Joe Burrow. I was listening back because uh, I watched the AFC Championship highlights, or no, it wasn't. It was the last game, the last game against the Chiefs highlights, and he's like screaming, "Joe, cool!" Right from the pocket, <laughs> I'm just like, he's he's excited about the Bengals too. Where do you get the idea he's rooting against them? It's not like people have pointed out. I normally like Gumble, but on that flea flicker, he just goes,
1: there it is. That Touch was down. bad. That was <laughs> bad. I'm sorry. That was bad. I know you're a neutral broadcaster when you're up there working for a network, but you got to get excited.
0: That's like the exact opposite of Tony. That's That's nobody's excited.
1: Well, that's the thing. And I'm, I'm not backing away from my Tony Romo. love. I am, and like, cause I like when he's in the booth. I truly do. I said it before I've said it on Twitter. I love it. I said it to you on Twitter. I like it when Tony Romo calls the game. There are, there are several reasons why I like when Tony calls the game, you know, I obviously you read that tweet. It means your, your team is in a big broadcast window. If you look at CBS's map, this game is being shown in pretty much every single state except for two. And yeah. that's, That's a huge audience. That means your team is playing well this late in the season. Tony and Jim Nance calling the game is absolutely huge. And people talk about him, you know, love him or hate him. And then you hear, oh, I'm going to mute. I'm not going to listen to him. That's fine. Because Dan and Lap are really great to listen to. And we are very lucky to have them. But I... I don't. Tony doesn't bother me as much as he bothers a lot of people. I love the excitement. Give me something to talk about. And the thing is, yes, you hear him talk about Patrick Mahomes, but you bring up a great point. I think if you were to go back and watch the AFC Championship game and just a few highlights from the January second game of last year, Chase is on the case. Uh, you know, nobody. <laughs> thing
0: with me. the Bengals. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they actually have a great record. Uh, I'll give Jay Morrison credit. He told me he's. The Bengals are three and one when Tony Romo calls the game. So Do you know I'm- the three
0: do you know the four games?
1: Uh the Dallas is the loss. Yeah, and
0: there's three Chiefs wins, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm all <laughs> it's <I> mean- funny.
0: <laughs> They're undefeated against the Chiefs. <laughs> Tony <laughs> Romo on there.
1: It- if someone would have told you that, you know, looking in the future, you're gonna guess which games the Bengals have a three and one record with Tony Romo calling the game. There's three games against the Chiefs and one against the Cowboys. What do you think's gonna happen? No way anybody would have said three and one. Chiefs, definitely. Um, I think it's
0: funny to ask, like, what were the games Tony Romo called? Uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs.
1: And the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just it doesn't bother me that much. I, I know a lot of people feel a certain way about the guy, but honestly, I kind of feel like Tony's calmed it down just a little bit where you don't hear him as much like, guess what's about to happen? Like, he used to. I know, the- I missed that. Yeah, I liked it too. Maybe that's a criticism that the CBS producers or people in charge over at CBS uh, told Tony, but I, it doesn't bother me at all. I think it's fun. I'm looking forward to watching the game, to be honest. I'm kind of looking forward that this game is on the road after having back to back home games because Sunday home games can be exhausting, even though I'm not playing in it. Um I- I'm kind of like looking forward to a 425 kickoff just watching the game and uh you know hopefully they get that road win.
0: Yeah. Um they're all the same to me because I'm not local.
1: <laughs> You're like, I don't really yeah, care. They can be home, they can be away. It doesn't matter. It is
0: definitely exhausting for me to go to games because there's usually a lot of travel involved in that. Mm-hmm. But uh No, I don't, no, no big deal either way. I mean, I've got much, I've got such a great feel for all the announcers since I hear them all.
1: You're the expert. You know who's going to call the game, what's going to happen. I'm a
0: very easy please with the announcer. There's like, I don't really like Troy Aikman just because I think he's too monotone, him and really? Joe Buck. I, I feel like both of them together, it's just so low energy. I also always just listen to the Manning cast on Monday nights anyway, but they don't do it every week. So, Oh,
1: yeah, you don't like them. <laughs> I don't. I don't and it's nothing against, like you said, I think we talked about it on the, the podcast Tuesday. I kind of like it when it's just the Manning brothers talking versus having a guest on. Um, The guest really draws, you know, attention to the audience. Obviously, the only reason I watched Monday night was because Joe was going to be on in that first segment. Nothing against them. I think their first year of doing it was really cool. I'm kind of just kind of – I probably wouldn't, wouldn't watch it that much. But to be completely honest with you, I'm not watching a Monday Night Football game unless I have to. If it's, you know, impacting the playoffs or so, Cincinnati's obviously playing. So I'm not – they actually have a bad couple of weeks until the Monday Night Football game with the Bills.
0: They, their- uh, they've they had a bad year. I feel like Monday Night Football and Thursday Night Football always get bad after, like, the fourth week. I don't – Jags-Jets could be interesting.
1: yeah. Yeah, because the Jags and Trevor Lawrence is kind of – Oh, um, that's
0: a Thursday night game. My bad.
1: I'm sitting yeah, there talking about a game mind. that's not even going to happen. No, no,
0: no. It's Chargers-Colts next week and Rams-Packers this week. Never mind. That sounds pretty terrible.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it is it is what it is um, at the end of the day. But I I, I will say this. I think that this – and no offense to, to Jim Nance and, and Tony – But I think that Kevin Harlan should be on the A team in CBS. Does he even do? He does. He does. He's he's. What's cool about him is he does like pretty much every sport. I love his his NBA calls, and I'm not even an NBA fan.
0: Do you think that Kevin Harlan doesn't get the A spot because they don't know if he's going to be available for it? Because he does all these different sports and whatnot. They think it's like, well, we need a guy committed to football, basically. Although I guess. I don't know what else Jim Nance (laughs) does.
1: Well, he does the Masters. Um, Oh, yeah, sure. Golf, golf. yeah, golf. Tony
0: also tries out for the Masters.
1: (laughs) He has like a a golf course in his backyard, like ready to roll. But the thing about it is they pay so much money for broadcasters now that if they went and said, hey, Kevin Harlan, we want you to be on our A-team in NFL we're going to give you this much money. I think he'd be like, okay, cool. I'll do it. I'll say goodbye to hoops and uh, just focus on NFL. It's just a a biased opinion. I think he's really good at his job. I think think so too.
0: Although I do think it's funny. Jim Nance, oh man, this is a, Full segment on broadcast. Well, you
1: did not mean for this. <laughs> uh,
0: Jim Nance, the funny thing about that is when he was with Phil Sims, I feel like he got lumped into being one of the worst announcers mm-hmm. and now he's with Tony and uh, some people probably still don't love him, but I think he's good now. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of that has to do with now there's high energy next to him where Phil Sims just felt lost in the booth a lot. Uh, he's doing better as a, as a guy that just kind of kick to on the half times and whatnot. He, I feel like he, when he can compose himself and get his thoughts, Phil Sims is okay. But when he was trying to call live games, wasn't my favorite. We need to talk injuries now that we are not. I know this we're podcast. over this.
1: The funny thing is, this wasn't even part of the topics, and we just took nine minutes on Tony Romo. And it's just because it is a hot topic on social media. I love it. Go, Tony. Call another one for the Bengals. But let's talk injuries right now. Trey Hendrickson out. Mike Hilton out as of now, as of we're recording this. Oh, before. I thought
0: you were official with the Mike Hilton. I was like, ooh, no, okay. no, 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 no,
1: no, no. Let me finish my sentence here. Uh, out, of, out. Did
0: not practice. Maybe. Did not.
1: Ooh, ooh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take that back. <laughs> we did not practice on Wednesday and Thursday. I think tomorrow is very telling. If a guy goes limited, you you've seen it with Zach Taylor in the past. They can still play. So there's a chance that Trey Hendrickson and Mike Hilton could play. Monday, Zach Taylor didn't want to roll out Trey Hendrickson. The Mike Hilton thing is a little scary because he did leave the game early but did return versus the Browns so you felt like okay this guy's good to go but then you find out more after the game how guys are feeling so you you hope those guys are fine and maybe this is just something that they're going to hold off for this week and they'll have their replacements in and you just want those guys healthy because Zach Taylor is looking at January he's looking at the rest of the season he needs these guys if they make the playoffs and go on a run so I think it's smart to be managing these injuries the way he has been all season That's something to keep an eye on T Higgins, Tyler Boyd limited the way Tyler Boyd has talked about that finger, give the guys major credit because he's like, it's just a finger. He he said, you know, some of the bone came off the skin and just absolutely um, does not sound awesome, but he's like, if I need to catch a ball, catch a ball out there. And uh, to be determined if those wide receivers do go on Sunday, but you know, optimistic that they did go limited on Wednesday and Thursday.
0: Uh, yeah, so Jalen Davis also did not practice with a thumb injury. Yeah. And Hayden Hurst, I think we know, didn't practice mm-hmm. with the calf, although I heard he's out of the walking boot. Mm-hmm. So um, good news for the future. He's, I'm 90% sure he's not playing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the doubtful tag would be on him if it was if it was me, if not out. Um yeah. I feel like anytime you, you rack up and did not practice on Thursday, that's not a good sign. But if you do get the limited on Friday, sure. If they don't practice Friday, you could probably just say they're not mm-hmm. playing. Uh, I really like when somebody get into a full practice during the week, like the T and Boyd and Trent Taylor, even, which I think nobody has really talked about. I guess Irwin is really the wide receiver for, but if T and Boyd miss, then you need a lot of Trent Taylor. Uh, he's also limited all these limited onlys eh, you know it's just like I wish you could get a full in there so maybe that happens tomorrow Mm -hmm. um anytime somebody goes down and gets worse which we'll talk about when we can talk about the Bucks injuries that's a real bad sign when you go from limited to do not practice but uh if you could increase if you could upgrade from like limited to full on Friday, then I'd feel pretty good about them playing just as long as they don't re-aggravate it in the warmups, I guess. But uh, I, I don't have much of a feel like my mind says that I feel like T might play, but I don't want to say that uh, because, you know, it's, it's really just speculation, but I just feel like, aggravation right before the game they said he could have played during the game they had that goal line package for him I don't know do you think any of these guys get limited snaps if they play like if T plays is he full go or do you think he's 60 percent of snaps or something 50 I
1: think if Tyler and T play they're they're both limited I truly do I think you're going to and it's kind of scary because you had mentioned it Trent Taylor someone we're not talking about who's limited Uh, Because we did have guys step up last week when you think of Trent Nerwin and Trent Taylor with Tyler Boyd and T Higgins sideline. I definitely think this is going to be managed snaps. Um, you have to be smart. Look, again, we're not doctors. We know they're limited right now. And all we have is the injury report. I really feel like Friday is when you get the feel of what's going to happen when um, they rule guys out Saturday officially before they play on Sunday. So as of now, I just, the hamstring stuff is just so hard. And then you have Tyler Boyd yes. playing or something that's going to be pain.
0: Not just pain, but uh, can he secure football? I saw them talking about that. And that's the big thing with wide receivers is pretty much, not quarterback throwing hands but other than that and wide receivers everybody else could play with a broken finger or a you know bad finger um I guess Mike Hilton missed a game but his was broken in like four places or something but uh, coordinates whatever a lot of guys you could just put a you know the club on or uh they could just play through it with you know extra whatever on there just you know protection on there so they can't injure it more but I remember Richard Sherman played a game with a his was his whole shoulder in a sling. It's remembering in a playoff game, I think. I'm going to look this up. Uh I swear
1: If anybody could do it it's Richard Sherman. Um <laughs> he's he's uh he's a goat. Let's see. Now I need to know. Played
0: with one arm against the Packers. Let's see. SB Nation wrote about it. It was in 2015. It
1: I just don't feel and like Maybe that he happen. just
0: held his arm up the entire time. I remember it, he kept holding it up as if it was in a sling. Maybe a sling would be weird to bring on the feet. Yeah. I don't feel
1: but, like that's happening in 2022. Uh, that, that's going to no, be a
0: 2015. Incredibly enough, uh, Sherman stayed in the game, keeping his left arm pulled up to the side the entire time. In between plays, the cameras found Sherman wincing. Seattle's offense couldn't manage to stay on the field for very long, denying Sherman and the rest of the defense a chance to catch their breath. Uh, so what was the official injury? He was forced to play the last quarter of the game with just one arm. He injured his arm trying to tackle James Starks, getting it stuck. Something happened. I don't remember afterwards because they lost that game. That was – that was oh – wait. No, they, they won that game, didn't they? That was the one where they uh, the Packers guy missed the onside kick.
1: See, I can't remember. 2015. This um, is all
0: in my brain. I is this? I,
1: let me ask you this: Was this the 2015 regular season or 2015? playoffs? January.
0: Yeah, it was. It was January playoffs. I think it was the divisional round. Could be wrong, but it, yeah, he played with one arm. I mean, that no,
1: pretty, that's not That's not NFLPA. Cool. NFLPA is not letting that happen anymore. So um the thing is. <laughs> The thing is it is, it's going to be pain tolerance. It's can. How does, how is he working as far as the limited snaps he's getting in practice when it comes to catching a ball? Um, Obviously practice is only open for the media for a portion of the practice. So the closed practice, again, we don't know what's happening. I think really you're going to get a tell for Saturday when they release their injury report.
0: Not to belabor the point with uh, what I was talking about, but I did find it was the 2014, 2015 season, oh. January, 2015. Uh, they That was the conference championship. It was the game that uh, whatever his name was didn't get the onside kick. And then they went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots 28 24. So it was that year. I wonder how injured Sherman was. The I, He played in the Super Bowl, from what I remember. I don't remember them talking about him not playing. Uh, that was a really good Super Bowl, but can't root for the Patriots. So I was a little sad they won. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we didn't need any of those. That was plenty. That's why Tom Brady needs to lose on Sunday because he has plenty of rings and he doesn't need to win in regular season anymore. But we'll, well get. To he the- might.
0: He might get a new accomplishment of winning his division for the first time at six and eleven.
1: <laughs> That's just absolutely brutal. They should give the if the Bengals win on Sunday, they should give them the NFC NFC South because they beat all the teams <laughs> in the NFC South. And um, the, it's just a poor. It's such a poor division. You can say the same about the AFC South, which is a little bit better. But uh, at we'll least get, the Titans are like a playoff team. Yeah, they the Bengals kind of broke them. Uh, they're struggling over the last couple of weeks, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. The Jags come crawling in for that uh, division title. It's going to be a fun uh, four weeks of football, but a lot of football left. We'll get to more of the preview prediction for the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Bucks little mailbag edition. Still want to talk about Dax Hill getting the start, maybe, uh, depending on Mike Hilton's status next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.
0: This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagatha.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Going to get to mail back in just a moment. Thank you so much for sending your Twitter questions at LNDS Patterson, Bengals underscore Sands. Kind of want to continue the injury conversation because as of now, as of when we record this on a Thursday evening, looks like Dax Hill might get his first start.
0: At slot corner.
1: At slot corner. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? They
0: didn't need the safety injury to get him on the field. Uh, Just took a few slot corner injuries. Jalen Davis and Mike Hilton looking like they may not play both DNPs. Uh, That's the real scary sign because, uh, as we talked about, you know, you get the limiteds, you're like a 50-50. You get DNPs and can fit in one limited. You're probably under 50% chance to play, but you could play because you got that limited practice in. But, uh, yeah, I – I feel good about it. I don't, I don't feel bad about this. actually, this is usually where he played in Michigan. Like at Michigan, he wasn't a deep safety. He was probably greater than 50% of the time. He was in the slot covering receivers, tight ends, whatever. So I feel like this is actually the easiest way to ease him in. Uh I guess his first like real snaps was uh I mean, he's had snaps here and there, but he had to play every down in the Browns game on the outside. That was not a good situation for him to be in. All those guys injured, he had to play outside corner because he's not an outside corner. Uh, but slot corner, I could see. The reason you want him at safety is I think safety is slightly more valuable position, and they're losing Jesse Bates and not Mike Hilton. So <laughs> you want to play him at safety. But uh, slot corner, I think this is a nice way to get his
1: first start. What if Dax Hill gets his turnover in this game?
0: Do you think it would happen fumble or interception?
1: I think it's gonna be fumble. I'm gonna. I think it. so
0: too. I don't think Brady throws picks, which maybe he does, but I I think it's hard to get Brady to throw mm-hmm. a pick like that.
1: Yeah, it, but it would be wild that Dax Hill would get the start slot and then gets forces a turnover or something crazy happens. Maybe it's Cam Taylor Britt helping him and they both sack fumble. Cover. Could you imagine both both uh, rookies coming up big on the defensive side, like a
0: tag team match, where Cam Taylor-Britt holds him up and Dax Hill punches the ball out.
1: Hey, so far I've been wrong on every single turnover idea. So um, sometimes, and we were both
0: wrong on the on the touchdown the one time we tried to predict that.
1: I know. I'm just going to stop predicting things. Never mind. But it would be pretty cool because the thing about Cam with Britt, what I like about him is you kind of go back to the Patrick Mahomes kind of air jump. I know a lot of people, um, that photo was everywhere. I'm so glad the Bengals beat the Kansas City Chiefs because I feel like that would have just <laughs> been on social media for, for 24 to 30 Non-stop. hours. Nonstop. It would have been on ESPN everywhere. So you know definitely getting that one helped. And then you think of the Tennessee game when uh, Henry's running and cam Taylor, Brit helps you know get the ball out. So I just I think that uh, it's his time, his time is coming when it comes to turnover. The way he's been playing so maybe it's a little rookie duo uh forcing that on sunday but uh but yeah i am i'm a little excited to see what he can do obviously i want mike hilton to be okay hopefully this is just something to rest him this week get a bounce back game come back for the patriots or the buffalo Bills.
0: yeah uh and they'll need him more for those games. although chris godwin is typically the slot receiver for the Buccaneers doesn't really play outside as much, although he can do it. They like to put him in the slot. That is a tough first draw as Dax Hill. Um, I'm sure they're not just going to feed him to the wolves, but that's, that's just last week. It would have been who, you know, like I guess they put people there over time, but probably David Bell, that would be such an easier draw for your first matchup than Chris Godwin. Um, Next week they play – next week is the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. That's Jacoby Myers if he gets another slot start. So that's also not the best, but that's better than Chris Godwin. That would be like a good mid-tier slot receiver first chance. David Bell probably on the lower end and Chris Godwin obviously on the higher end. So that's the one thing that has me uh, slightly concerned is his first NFL action is going to be against Chris Godwin. But other than that, I feel pretty good, pretty good about it. I, I think you'll have a good game.
1: Yeah. Oh I'm god, gonna... we've
0: been wrong on predictions, and I just said you'll have a good game.
1: Never mind. We don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're
0: not in the business of predicting. That's the next segment.
1: Yeah, that's the next segment when we we'll and hey, like I said, I'm nine and four on my predictions. So maybe you should listen to me. Um, we're, we're gonna go to the mailbag right now. Plenty of great questions. Brady actually says, What player has surprised you the most so far this year? It can either be positive or in a negative way.
0: Brady? Tom?
1: No. <laughs>
0: Why's he asking me?
1: Reading on Twitter.
0: Yeah, watch on. the film, Tom. I'm not telling you yeah. to look um, for it.
1: You know, fairly tough defense, you know, his quotes <laughs> this week.
0: Um, fairly positive way. I think uh, Ted Karras is better than I thought he would be. Uh, and Jermaine Pratt, even though I was probably his biggest supporter, has been lights out, like, better than I thought. Other than that, man, Sam Hubbard, we've talked about that in a negative way. Like this team's played so well recently. Early on, like the very first two weeks, it was kind of BJ Hill. I was kind of like, oh, I really? wish there was a little bit more to the pass rush here because he's like a ten million dollar guy now. I was fine with it when he was like a two million dollar guy, but now it's like ah, there's more put on your plate when you when you when you get paid like this. You can no longer just look past the stuff. And he was better at it last year than he was early in the season. But he's come on so strong lately, so I can't complain anymore. Um, well Collins is like the obvious Yeah. <laughs> in a negative way, that's hasn't been good. Um, Joe Mixon early on, but that was to me, a lot of the injury and man, can you think of too many other people that were in a negative way? They surprised you?
1: No, honestly, I, I think the the first one is Lyle, but it's really hard when you, and I think people would put Joe Mixon in that category, but I think both are battling injuries. So yeah.
0: And Mixon looks better. Collins.
1: He's.
0: Hopefully next year.
1: (laughs) He's serviceable right now.
0: Yeah. He's serviceable now and that's enough to get you by. And then maybe next year he plays at a good level, but right now it is serviceable and at times kind of scary to watch.
1: Yeah. And, and Joe has been through so much that he's just, he knows how to manage it right now. I did kind of want to bring this up. Uh, we were talking about injuries earlier, and hopefully, this is just something I do want to let people know when a player is on an injury report, it's because they had medical attention during that week, so they do have to report them. Joe's been a full participant in practice every single day, Wednesday and Thursday, but it does look like a right elbow. Um, I would that say was, uh
0: I don't know if when it could have happened, but I know like the first they showed him on the broadcast. Kind of shaking out his arm, I think it was the second play of the game. Miles Garrett hit him. Um, and maybe it wasn't the second play of the game, that sounds really early. I actually missed the first couple of plays, so it must not have been the, one of those plays. He took a hit, and I believe he was shaking his arm. They showed it on the broadcast, so it seems all right. Full participant every day, and uh, I believe after that, he made that insane throw for the touchdown. So I'm not too worried about it.
1: Yeah. And like I said, the NFL teams have to put them on the injury report. If you had any medical attention, Um, it's just the NFL rules. But as you mentioned, full participant, that is always good news for number nine. We'll continue with this one. That Navy guy says, hey, Lindsay, is the Bengals management looking at ways to try and keep coaches Anarumo and Callahan on the staff beyond the season? I will say this. They are coordinators. I selfishly want them to stay on the staff. I would love for Lou to be the defensive coordinator and Brian Callahan to continue to work with quarterback coach Zach Taylor, Joe Burrow to see what this offense can really do in the next few years as we see in this season. But at the same time, they they are available. They can do whatever they want. It's their decision. If it is an upgrade to a head coach position, the Bengals can't do anything about it. Um, that is a decision that the coordinators will make on their own. If it's behind the scenes, maybe a little more cash, or maybe some people don't want to be a head coach, which these guys have been on interviews before. So I don't know if that's the, uh, that's the idea for them. Uh, but there's really nothing you can do, uh, in those situations. If if a coordinator wants to go on and move up as a head coach in the NFL, they're going to go do that. And, um, the only thing that would keep them here on the staff is if they just wanted to stay in a coordinator position.
0: It's rare that you get offered the job and stay. Josh McDaniels has done it for the Patriots and probably wishes he did that now. Okay. And Dan Quinn did it last year when he got offered the Broncos job and he still just stayed in Dallas. Uh <clears throat> When you're going to be a first-time head coach, it's really hard to turn that down, right? Like that's an upgrade that you don't know if you'll ever get again. You want to take advantage of that opportunity. Look at Eric Bieniemy. If he turned down something and then they just never offered him a job after that, even though he year after year is the offensive coordinator of one of the best offenses in the league, I don't know what he would do. So if you're Brian Callahan or Lou Anarumo, strike when the iron's hot. Get, yeah. Try your head coaching gig. Like it sucks, but this is kind of the drawback of success, and this is where Zach Taylor's ability to network and bring in high quality talent, either from within or from outside will be tested. This is something that Sean McVay's been really, really good at getting Brandon Staley after Wade Phillips and then Raheem Morris after that. And, you know, his offensive coordinator is gone every other year, but he's able to maintain success, not this season, but every other year pretty much. So this is the first time that could be tested and we'll see I think Callahan's more likely to get the job than Anarumo, even though I think Anarumo has been the better coordinator. Um, I just think that they everybody wants these young offensive minds, and Callahan has that leg up. Anarumo has to sell people a little bit more. I know he is a defensive mastermind, but it's tough. <laughs> you know, D'Amico Ryans would be a head coach if that's all people cared about.
1: I'll say this, if he finds a way to see Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game or divisional round or something crazy like that, uh, and he beats him again, I think the AFC West teams are like, you know what? offensive coordinator our offensive mind we'll figure it out later bring <laughs> Lou over here uh this guy has stopped patrick mahomes how many times now uh so that'll be you know intriguing and, and fun to watch when it comes to the playoffs but like you mentioned if your team's seeing success this is a great thing for your team because you know you're currently winning i will say this about brian callahan because if he does go and get that opportunity opportunity to be a head coach The front office does really feel good about Dan Pitcher, the quarterback coach. Um, He's obviously – yeah, he's in those rooms with Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan. When it comes to the play calling, the decisions they're making, and obviously there was a report after week five that they're kind of – the masterminds when it comes to the plays and what we're really seeing when it comes to play calling. And they do feel really strong about him. He's more of a younger guy, but an offensive mind, obviously working with Joe Burrow uh, would be great too. And and if Joe agrees and, and likes this guy, uh, if, if Brian leaves that I feel like they'll be in good hands when it comes from an internal hire, if they decide to do that, not bring someone from the outside.
0: All right, let's hit another one.
1: Let's hit another one. Oh man, all these Lou questions. I'm sorry, guys. We, <laughs> we can't. We can't keep going into Lou. Let's let's all think about the future right now. Let's enjoy it. Uh, let's see. Kevin Hillebrand says, and I, we know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyways. What is the future of Jackson Carmen?
0: Uh, gone. Yep. There is no future with the Bengals. Like, yep. at best for him, he collects another year check uh, game checks next year because they just don't want to take the dead cap of cutting him. But if it's me, I'd cut him after this year, whatever. Like, I guess you take a little bit of dead cap, but he's not playing. It's just a waste of a spot.
1: The only reason he is on this roster right now is because it would hurt them uh, more when it comes to the cap room and the hit that they would take. He's a healthy scratch every week for a reason. He is not someone that they see a future with. And it's going to be over when the season's over. I don't feel like that's a hot take. I feel very, very good about saying that. Uh, we know, you, you know what a team thinks about you when you are a healthy scratch every single week. Um, I do kind of want to bring up Hakeem Adeniji. He's been out there at times throughout the season, obviously having depth on your offensive line. And I remember when the Bengals drafted him that Dave Lapham felt really good about his future and what he can be on the offensive line. What have you, what have you liked from him this season?
0: He's really athletic. I think he, when he's finally been able to hone in on one position, well, I guess two positions, but tackle, I feel like it's really benefited him. Um When he gets in there and he plays real snaps at tackle, it's not to the level of the starters, but he looks like a guy, and he has been a guy, that has been able to come in and take a couple snaps from Collins when he's injured or Jonah when he got hurt in the Ravens game and kept the ship afloat. Uh Just one more thing on Carmen. Post June first release next year, six hundred ninety four thousand in dead cap, one point three in savings. I think you can say he is gone. He's gonna be designated post June first cut. And that was a bad pick.
1: It was. But but you know the thing about it is look, they realized <coughs> it was Bad pick, and then you go out. And I know a lot of people criticize the Cordell Bolson one, which I feel like he's only going to get better when you think of the offensive line and that pick. And they're like, oh, you're really going to pick him? Why are you picking him? What's he going to do for this offensive line? Can he start now? What about Jackson Carmen?" And I think it's okay to admit we got that pick wrong because this team has hit on a lot of picks in free agents lately. You can look around the NFL. It is not easy to do. You don't know what's going to happen in an NFL draft. Feel strong about Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Logan Wilson uh but at the same time I just it's 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 hard it's hard to hit those picks and they've done a really good job of doing that so I think you can kind of let that slide but it's a little unfortunate because they did trade back for him
0: yeah they traded out of getting uh Christian Barmore to get him and as we all know they could have gotten Creed Humphrey or (laughs) uh, eventually Trey Smith or whatever but they got Cordell Wilson the next year whatever. Just sayonara. It's whatever. They've been really good lately with all their stuff. So I'm not going to harp on their one miss.
1: Yep. 100%. And the thing about it is they're going to put the best guys out on the field. And um, they realize that Jackson Carmen is not one of their best guys on the offensive line. Great questions as always. Thank you so much for sending them over on Twitter. We'll have another mailbag next week. Next, we're going to get to previews and predictions. Joe Burrow versus Tom Brady on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.
0: This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagatha.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati preview prediction time. Joe Burrow versus Tom Brady. Joe talked about it earlier this week and he was like, hey, I'm Joe, he's Tom. There's a lot of comparisons between the two. There's a big difference, Uh, and one of those is Super Bowl rings. And Joe is only in his third NFL season, but, you know, obviously that's always fun conversations to have. First time these two are going to face off. What is going to happen in this game?
0: So the Buccaneers are quite injured. Jamel Dean did not practice back-to-back days with the toe injury. Julio Jones did not practice two days in a row. Carl Nassib did not practice two days in a row. Vita Veya did not practice two days in a row. And then uh, Gennard Avery, uh, he he did the he got worse. Uh, limited on Wednesday, did not practice Thursday. That's never a good sign. Then even if guys like Antoine Winfield has been limited back-to-back days, Joe Tryon back-to-back days, this is a really beat up team. Tristan Wirth was did not practice to a limited practice, so that's getting better. Has a huge one if he misses. Um, the bucks it's hard because I feel like if this team wasn't run by Tom Brady, mm-hmm. it would feel so much easier to just go, Bengals win. Yeah, whatever. They're a six and seven team. I know the Bengals are on the road, but they're the better team. This is the 28th offense in points four. And it's the top 10 defense, whatever. They'll find ways to score, and there's no way that this team's going to score against them. But it's Tom Brady. So like you can't really say <laughs> there's no way Tom Brady's gonna score. It's a 28th offense. It just feels wrong to say that. I feel like they have looked like they're in disarray. They they just don't look right. Um, whenever I watch him, I feel like Brady is not Drew Brees' final year, Peyton Manning's final year type of wash. Like he could still throw the ball with quite a bit of velocity, make pretty much every throw on the field. So that's not why they're performing super poorly but the offensive line is constantly in shambles um the defense is there so like that's the one part that's a little nerve-wracking. I think the Bengals win. Uh I'll say 24-17.
1: Dude, that was my score. I'm not even kidding. I'm 24-13. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that. We don't want anything wrong to go, um, you know, the different way for the Cincinnati Bengals because we both said the same score. I don't know why I said 24. I don't think they can get to 30 because I still do kind of trust Tampa's defense just a tad bit when it comes to this game. And look, the Bengals are on a roll, um, you know. Does that roll stop in Tampa on the road? They've been playing really well at home the last couple of weeks. To be determined if Tyler goes and T goes, they're limited right now, um, dealing with some injuries on defense after having a pretty clean injury report going into that Cleveland game. I I do I I still I still trust that this streak continues for them. I think it's a huge weekend because you do have the Browns and the Ravens playing on Saturday. You could go into this game. If the Ravens happen to drop one to the Browns thinking, all right, AFC North, you are in the driver's seat. It's all going to come down to that last week. You control your destiny. And this is a huge game on Sunday. Not that they would play any different if the Ravens were to uh, beat the Cleveland Browns on Saturday, but it's just a a huge weekend going in and and having that game on Saturday, looking into Sunday in this matchup, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, a lot of talk about it before the season, when you think this matchup, um, but yeah, I'll, uh, I'll trust Joe Burrow in this one. I just – I I think the Bucks are – they're pretty brutal to watch right now. And, yeah, he is Tom Brady, and he isn't washed just yet. He likes to throw the ball. I don't think they get their run game going again this weekend. And, uh, yeah, I'll go
0: 24-17. Yeah, it feels like they don't have a good run game in the first place. I don't think the Bengals are going to sell out to stop this run game. They won't need to. And then when it comes to the passing game, the Bengals have done a good job of – flooding and you know really trying to stop teams through the air and they've done a good job both trying to do that and succeeding on doing that so I feel like they're going to have a lot of success on defense on offense it's tougher I mean even without Shaq Barrett and possibly without Vita Vea, this defense is still tough even if Antoine Moonfield doesn't play or Jamel Dean it's it's, it's just a well coached although at times a little too crazy for my likings <laughs> defense and uh, they give people trouble. I mean, you look at the, the chiefs had their way with them. That's the one I can think of, but other than that, so chiefs scored 41, the 49ers scored 35 on them. Other than that, they haven't given up 30 points. They held the Cowboys to three points opening night. And uh, I mean, the Ravens scored 27, I guess. So I don't like, even know how. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they haven't played tons of high powered offenses either looking at it. I mean, the Seahawks 16, but it's possible the Bengals score 30. I just, I do think this defense is pretty good. So who throws for more yards, Tom Brady or Joe Burrow?
1: I'm going to go Joe B. but the thing is, I probably should say Tom Brady because he's going to pass it more than Joe will. So actually I'm changing my answer. <laughs> This is going to be Tom Bree. And this doesn't mean that Cincinnati can't win the game. I think they can run the ball, and Joe will, will do enough. And, and he's managed to do that with his offense. He doesn't have to go crazy out there and still win the football game. I think it's really just how they, they manage on the ground and in the air. But Tom's going to throw. He's not going to be afraid. This team still has a shot at winning the NFC South. Um, they're down right now, not playing great football. And it's, it's December. Tom's in a mood. And uh, I don't think he's going to be afraid to just put it up in the air and, you know, they still got receivers out there. So I, yeah, I'll go Tom Brady. What about you?
0: Um, I think Brady, I don't know. I, I do think it's tough. I think the Bengals, man, my gut says they'll be able to run the ball a little bit. Like that's, yeah. that's one reason. And then the wide receiver injuries are really worrisome down to the Trent Taylor, like, I love Stan, so I can't say anything bad. But as a receiver, he's not the best option. Uh, love him as a as an honorary fullback and blocking, all those things. But if Taylor can't go and just one of those wide receivers can't go, you get a lot of Trent and Irwin. And then for the 50% of snaps, the other one doesn't play, maybe you get uh, Stan. If both the receivers can't go and Trent Taylor is no-go, now you're talking – Stanley Morgan, 70% of the snaps in this game, they don't have a lot of tight ends. because Hurst Wilcox. Yeah, Wilcox will play plenty, but it's not like they're going to keep a receiver off the field by playing 12 personnel because it's bringing on Ossie, Ossie and that's fine, but really not that different from having Stan on the field. Maybe you get a little bit of that two running back sets everybody wants with the P. Ryan mix in, but I just don't think teams do that a lot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, obviously, Zach Taylor is not going to put his team in a bad position when it comes to an injured guy. At this point in the season, guys aren't 100%. It's just not going to happen. There are a lot of guys who are hurt and they're playing through it. And um, it's just the way it goes this late in December and and in an NFL regular season. But at the same time, I think it's going to be with Tyler and T, who is more of the healthier guy going into this game. And then you you save the other one either for Patriots or or for Monday Night Football. I just I think you have to be smart with these injuries. Um you need these guys for the long term. You cannot go into those late January games and you're in the postseason with a beat up wide receiver room. And it's just gonna be some hard decisions, I think, offensively. Um, you know, as you mentioned if Trent Taylor can't go, I just feel like we'll get more of a feel either after Friday's injury report or Saturday and what it really looks like for the wide receiver room. But as of now limited, that doesn't tell us too much. I feel like it's optimistic news because they're not sending out right now, but um, that's not full go. And I wouldn't feel confident to say both wide receivers could play on Sunday.
0: Yeah. I feel like both wide receivers could play. I don't, I think it's a little bit unlikely they both play though. Right. Because you're yeah. relying on the odds that, you know, T passes. And then also Tyler Boyd's can grip the football really well. So when you're relying on two of those things to happen, it's a little bit tougher than just getting one of those things to happen. Who would you guess is more likely to play between the two? I already said you think it's Boyd. All right. I thought it was T. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's because hamstrings are just so they're so they're very
0: unpredictable. So like, I should not have any confidence on T playing this game. They linger. They're unpredictable. They're hard to manage.
1: Yep. Yep. And I mean, I, again, I hate even saying this disclaimer, we're obviously not doctors. I say this every time we talk about something medical related, it's heat versus cold, obviously it's going to be a little warmer in Tampa. I don't know how that impacts a hamstring if that helps at all. Um, I'm just going to say right now, I think it's a pain tolerance. If Tyler Boyd can catch a football, he's going to do everything he can. He wanted to go back out there and help his team, um, after what happened early on in that Cleveland game. So, you know, I, I think he plays through it. It's gonna be painful. Um, I've never dislocated my finger before. And I knock on what I've really never had really any injuries or broken bones so i can't really talk about what that would feel like but um yeah i i think if you were to pick out of the two i i would just be really surprised to see both of them go and and maybe you're right maybe it's more of the running game and, and what you see out of samaj P. ryan and some of the passes to him or joe mixon um what can you get going on the ground against this tampa defense it's just really um I, this one's just kind of a question mark for me when I look at the last four games. I don't know why the Patriots and the Bucks game I'm like hmm hmm this could be <laughs> this not a, I hate the word trap game but I just don't I don't know. I don't know what it would look like because both teams are battling injuries right now.
0: Um yeah, th- to me these are if you want to win the division both those games are probably your must wins because that way well, really, if you want to win the division, right now they're all must wins. Mm-hmm. You got to win out. But if the Browns beat the Ravens this week, really, that doesn't mean the Bengals can drop the Ravens game because mm-hmm. you lose that game, you get swept, and they have the same record. But you could lose the Bills game now or one of these two games. But I feel like the Bills one, I know it's at home, but that's the one. I don't know it, it, it's it's the tough one right it's yeah. it's the one you look at and you're like they might drop that like, because in theory this is a team as good even if the Bengals are hotter right now this is a team that's as good as them so they have better record they're currently the number one seed Bengals control their destiny to jump them by just winning out but it gives you the leeway the nice thing about the the if the Ravens can drop one game, it gives you leeway to just drop one of these three games. I don't think the Bengals are guaranteed to win this one or the one against the Patriots. I don't. You can never guarantee Tom Brady's going to lose, and uh, I don't. I'm not going to guarantee that Bur- Burrow facing Belichick his first time he's going to win. So there's that with it, and then the Bills game as well. I would feel much more comfortable if they could just drop one of these games. It doesn't mean they'll lose the Bills one. Even if that's the most likely one, they could drop the game to Belichick or they could drop this game here. And then you're still okay. It doesn't really benefit you that much <laughs> as much as you'd like, just because as a divisional loss, they already have four division wins. So Raven's already set. Uh, they, the Bengals can't get to four division wins. so. If these two teams tie head to head, Bengals win week eighteen, but the records the same. Ravens get in. Uh, if they go head to head and the Bengals win, and the records not the same, Bengals get in. If they go head to head, records the same, Bengals lose. No matter what, they don't they don't get in. So, just what to think about with the next coming weeks. The Ravens losing one of these next three games just gives the Bengals leeway to lose one as well. It. They still have to win week 18. That is such a huge game for them right now.
1: It's insane to think about because you look at the Ravens back half of the schedule and what it once looked like at the second half of the season It no longer looks like cupcake. It really doesn't, even though they find ways to win, which is absolutely wild to me. and They look like trash. Um, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but they do. Um, I just, I, it's, it would be so wild because of the way since he's playing right now compared to the Ravens. And I know Lamar's out right now, but even when he was out there, he didn't really believe in their offense too much. Um, that it's just these next four games. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, hopefully to talk about. Got to get through this game. I think he, we did the simulator. You talked about it. If you win this game, it's like a 99.9% chance that you're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> it's optimistic to talk about that and to say you're nine and four and the playoffs are right there, but you got to get in first, not, not technically in the playoffs. And um, I don't know. I I feel like this team can go three and one with these four games. I don't know the game that they drop. Obviously, if you were to pick out of the four, it does look like the bills Monday night football game, but they've proved me wrong so many times in the last year that I can't tell you that that's certain.
0: Yeah. I mean, and they also play up to their opponent. So I just messed up the simulator and I gave the Bengals the win. The Dolphins, the Bucks, the Patriots, or the uh, well, Bucks lose because Bengals win. Uh, the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Chargers, the Jets, and the Jags losses and they don't clinch, sadly.
1: <laughs> oh my.
0: And oh, my. if every other team that they need to lose loses, it doesn't matter. They still don't clinch. It's just greater than 99%.
1: Next uh, week if, is like the big week, right? Next week is if they if they win this one and maybe and beat the Patriots, they would automatically be in. Oh yeah,
0: and it doesn't even matter what anybody else does. They just they cl- they clinch the playoffs if they win two more games. I think it's just two more games. Like even if they lose next week and they beat Buffalo. Yeah, clinch. That's still I'm
1: nerve-wracking, going. I'm not going to lie. That is very nerve-wracking. You have to win two of four. I know they can do it.
0: You don't have to win two of four.
1: Don't have to win two of four.
0: Let's say they beat the Bucs, they lose to the Patriots, and lose to Buffalo, and then win Week 18. Greater than 99% chance to get in, which I I guess there's the the.
1: Good vibes the only. Let's change this. That's let's two
0: or four. It. If they lose that last game, 94% chance to get in still. So they're, right. they're pretty set. It, team what team happens team if team they team. lose every game? Okay, well, that, they hope. can't lose them all. Can't lose them all. Forty-seven percent. That went down pretty quick. <laughs> Stop
1: it. Stop it. Never mind. Good vibes only. We're picking the Bengals to win this week. I'm hoping to go ten and four in my picks. Uh Mike's not as good as my picks right now. And I, that's I don't
0: pick the Bengals to win every week, and that is a mistake. <laughs> you know because I mean? it's hard to predict these losses to the Cowboys without Dak to the P- to, sorry, Patriots. to the Steelers.
1: Yep. You're picking Kansas City to win that game. I mean, you should learn from the past. Um, But nope, nope, nope. No, honestly, I have no clue why I kept picking them every week. But so far, it's worked out. Um, But yeah, what's on all Bengals this week?
0: I did an article on Jamar Chase. And other than that, nothing until takeaways after the game.
1: Told you, put that Jamar Chase article up. Everybody wants to hear about it. Uh, Jamar Chase. Hopefully, more good news in the wide receiver room T against Tyler Boyd to be determined if they go versus the Bucks. But uh, should be a fun one. 425, Raymond James Stadium, Burrow versus Brady for the first time. I'm sure we're gonna hear that plenty of times on the broadcast. Can't wait to hear Tony Robo, one of our favorites, fan of the show. Uh, we're a fan of his. Thank you as always for listening to. It's always game day in Cincinnati.